Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. And I'm not alone today because I'm joined once more by the delightful Helen Pollock. Hello, Helen, how are you? Hello, Richard. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And thanks for having me on the show again. It's great to be here. No, thanks for joining me. I mean, we just literally just let's share the inner secrets here. I think we just pinged a couple of messages to one another about a certain thing that's going to happen. And thought, well, why don't we just jump and have a chat? Because, you know, we can talk about this certain thing that's going to happen from a couple of different <laughs> angles. And uh, and here we are just a day later and trying to get this recorded before the shopping arrives. So um, um, thanks for joining me at short notice. Well, so. I think we're, we're all about keeping it real, aren't we, really? So, yeah. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> so, That's um, right. So this is very mysterious, Richard. Do you think you should uh, enlighten your listeners? As to this certain thing that's going to happen? This certain thing. Oh, okay. I was trying <laughs> to build up a little bit more of suspense, but I guess we'll get it out of the way straight away. So um, <laughs> the long story is that you and I and others have collaborated and there is another book coming out of the Property Voice book stable, whatever, if there is such a thing. And it's um, it's due out on Tuesday, the 21st of December um, in a variety of different places. And uh, it's called, you better tell you what it's called, it's called The Complete Guide to Property Finance. And the subtitle, now I'm going to say something about the subtitle in a second. But <laughs> the subtitle is it's Toolbox of 50 Plus Financing Solutions Beyond Buy to Let. And I had to read that for myself. <laughs> So, yeah, the complete um, guide to property finance. So that um, I'm, I'm really happy about. It was a goal for the year. Uh, it's been a goal for the last three years, if I'm honest. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's finally happened. And publication will be 2021. And that will be my third book. And the previous books were 2018 and 2015. So we've got a nice little three-year cycle going on. <laughs> so there we go. That's the big announcement. Um, so it's got it out there. Indeed, it's really exciting, and just in time for Christmas. Perfect timing, an excellent Christmas gift. And I've discovered that the twenty-first of December is still before the last postal day, first-class postage day, to get there in time for Christmas. Perfect. How about that? <laughs> I guess if you delay a day or two, you could special delivery or something. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be there in time. Of course, the Kindle version is instant, so. You could uh, you could order the Kindle version and maybe follow it up with the paperback later. Who knows? But you know, um, <laughs> there's going to be a, a launch price specifically on Amazon with the Kindle version. So if people um, are looking for great value, um, we like to deliver great value. I think it's one ninety nine launch price on Amazon Kindle. Yeah. Um, but it's um, as I've discovered through this process working with you and Catherine. Um, I, I, there's more. There's more to this, you know, book, you know, distribution world than Amazon. I've realised. So um, that's something. 
that's something. Um, so anyway, it's available in probably all good bookstores and online places and stuff like that. Brilliant. So it's uh, the complete guide to property finance. What was it that um, made you want to write a book about that particular subject? Yeah, that's um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, no. I do remember. I do actually remember. I was just joking. Several years ago, um, I was uh, I wanted, I was a member of the Property Hub community. You, you know the Property Hub community. I do. Um, and this was. <clears throat> At the time, they were, you know, Rob and Rob, who started that, they were trying to get people to form like little mastermind groups around, you know, just together. And, you know, if you had an idea around a theme, you could, you know, try and start your own mastermind community group. And so I really had this idea about just creative strategies and creative financing that I kind of really wanted to explore, let's say. And so there was a couple of us, more than a couple, a few of us who got together in this mastermind group and we started to kick around creative financing techniques in this mastermind. And then I just said, well, wouldn't it be nice if we had a purpose (laughs) Um, beyond just talking about it? And we did talk about a book, but it never really went anywhere. That's the point. There were some mock-ups of outlines of some of the techniques that were, you know, kicked around mostly by Carly Ackers. I'm going to call her out, you know, personally uh, and myself. And there's a couple of other contributions. Everyone's name checked in the book. I must admit, I can't actually remember if Damien was included in that group. And uh, it's it just, it just gone from my mind completely. So uh, if Damien, you're in the group, thank you for all your contributions. If Damien, you weren't in the group, where were you? Uh, um, anyway, so it started there. But I always had this uh, idea of um, creative financing because I think in finance, finance, oh, sorry, in property, mm. finance is is the big, is the be all and end all, isn't it? Without money, you can't do anything. Or, yeah. or, or is that true? Well, so I think we explored that a little bit in the book because um, there's a couple of different sections and there's at least one big section that deals with what you can do without necessarily um, money. Mm. So anyway, there we go. That's how it came about. Um, But, you know, I suppose my – so I had an interest, and I guess why why I put it into a book and why I put it out there, it's it's just sort of consistent with my own sort of purpose, I suppose, because I I like to share, you know, knowledge. I like to, you know, help other people along, you know, the way um, to learn from what I'm learning and also my mistakes and things like that. So it's very consistent with just my personal – ethos and um approach and i'm a bit of a gobby what's it so i do end up (laughs) talking about things and writing about things prolifically sometimes so that's how it started and then it says well let's let's actually do this thing i'm trying to think when that was it must have been a good five years ago um when that idea was conceived as i know i'm serious it has been a goal for the last three years running uh, on my goals list at the start of the year to publish this book um, I think you might have helped me along with uh, getting uh, getting that out, yes. actually. Yes, I think I did, didn't I? You did. Um. <laughs> so what, what did we just talk about? You know, obviously we got, um, just so people know why you and I are talking, mm. um, you know, you've got a big involvement here and, you know, a, a strong connection with book publishing, generally speaking. So mm. just sort of set the scene about what you do generally and um, how you've helped here a bit. 
Yeah, so fundamentally, um, I help people to write great books, um, mostly um, business books, always nonfiction, for now at least. Mm-hmm. And um, who knows you know, if that might change in the future. But um, yeah, so uh, that's, um, that's that. But I also came together with a book layout designer Catherine Williams and we set up a new business um, in full lockdown it was like <laughs> April 2020 uh, we talked about uh, I, I suggested this idea to Catherine um, because I so I help people with the writing side of things um, as a book coach a ghostwriter and an editor Catherine does the design side but we both had people coming to us who um, would ask well I know you can help me with the writing, but how much would it actually cost me to get the book out there? And how would I do that? And so Catherine also had um, people coming to her who hadn't written their books yet, talking to her about designing their book, but they, they hadn't written it and they needed some help. So I suggested that we, we join forces. Um, and so the Biz Book Foundry was born at the end of June 2020, uh, after that initial conversation in April. And the aim of um, the Biz Book Foundry is to help self-publishing business book authors from idea to final file and anywhere in between, really. Final file upload to, to Amazon. And as you say, there are other places as well that you can upload your self-published book so that was um kind of how the biz book foundry came about and i think and you know you you know this now as a three-time author richard there's more to self-writing and self-publishing a book than people might think (laughs) (laughs) it was a nervous laugh (laughs) So, uh, for example, um, if if a if a client comes to us and they have no um, content whatsoever, they just have an idea, then to get from that point to self-publishing their book requires the skill sets of seven people on average. Oh, seven. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would help people with the writing side of things then the book would um, go to, would pass to Catherine to project manage once the final kind of draft. Um, there would be an editor who goes through it. There would be, um, then the book would be designed by Catherine. And then um, it would be proofread because actually editing and proofreading are two different skill sets, which uh, although some people do both so it's quite confusing um then there is um indexing which we always recommend for non-fiction books because people don't read them in a linear fashion and they might want to dip back in and they don't want to have to read through 200 pages to get to that bit that they remember that they need to see again so um and then there's ebook conversion um so yeah there's there's actually quite a lot it's going on there and cover design is the other thing cover design 
Um, there's also, I mean, at the front end, so you, you could, um, there could be idea creation and writing and research. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then at the back end, there is also, um, so publishing, you know, on the platforms like Amazon or Ingram Spark or mm-hmm. others, and, um, and marketing and publicity. Yes. And that's something. So my background is marketing and PR, as, as you know, Richard. And um, and I think that that kind of sets me apart a little bit as someone who helps with that writing process, because I always insist that my clients think about marketing from the outset, whereas most authors think, oh, I, I need to start writing this book. I need to start writing this book. No. Before you start writing, before you put pen to paper, you need to think, how am I going to sell this book? Who is this book for? How does this book fit into my personal and professional goals and my kind of um, ecosystem of products and services? And a lot of people don't do that. No. I think, well, you touch on, I mean, so first of all, you're beginning with the end in mind, right? Um, Absolutely. But I think... um, why, why would people write a book? So there's lots of reasons why, isn't there? Um, but I think if you want to be the next J.K. Rowling, um, there aren't that many who do that, are there? Who no. write a, an actual like New York Times bestseller or something. No, and particularly in terms of, um, there's a few things. So the, the first thing is the vast majority of traditionally published non-fiction books are commissioned books. So the publisher will have approached the author to say, could you write a book about this, uh, for example? Um, So that's a little bit different. And, you know, I have got clients who have secured traditional publishing deals. Mm -hmm. Um, Our mutual friend, Rupal. Indeed, absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And Rupal's book um, was fantastic from... CIA to CEO. I mean, what a killer title. You can't plug her book. What are you doing? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But you can plug her book because, you know, it's good and it's, uh, I think it'll be good. Anyway, I haven't haven't actually read it, but I have pre-ordered it. (laughs) It's fab. I can can tell you that right now. Um, Just as yours is. Um, But, um, yeah, so the marketing side of things it, it's um, it's really important to start thinking about who you're going to sell your book to right from the beginning. Um, and, you know, you, what you certainly don't want is to get to the end of the process and then think, oh, oh, now I need to sell this book. But you haven't created an audience. You haven't built anticipation and you, you're going to need to do that. And also, you might have found, actually, by the time you get to the end and you think about that question, that you might have actually written or positioned it in the wrong way um, yeah. you know, for that audience. So well, that's, that's one of the great things about books. So, you know, a book will help you to build your authority and your credibility. Um, it will do things like help you to secure higher profile speaking opportunities if you're interested in that. Obviously, it, it acts as a... Um, as a good first rung on your value ladder of services so that people can get to know, like, and trust you. And then, you know, if they, they need further help, they will come to you for that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for a book, but longevity 
is I guess it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because your book's going to be around for a long time. And we mm-hmm. know that, I, 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 mean, I don't know um, where, where this stat's from, but I've heard that on average um, a book is passed around to six different people. Uh, now I'm sure that's not, you know, that's not true for all books. Six degrees of separation for books, eh? Oh. <laughs> um, but it just it goes to show if you don't get the positioning of that book right when you, you know, before you start writing it, so you know what you want it to do for you, then um, it's it's a, well, it's a lot of wasted effort, Richard, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of wasted. It could be a lot of wasted effort. And as you, I think your point being, if it's the the longevity, how long it's out there, mm-hmm. it's you know, uh, it can be discovered and you know read um, for by several people over many years. So I think it is important to try and get it right. Yes, mm. I think equally, especially in the sort of um, non-fiction sort of business space. You know, it's it's not all, it's not usually about book royalties. No, um, it's you can make some royalties, but you know, I, I would say just based on my own knowledge, I mean, you can completely DIY why self-publish, and then every you know pound you earn in royalties is pretty much a pound in profit, almost. Um, but you know, obviously, it depends on what set you how many sales you make and. Uh, in that sense and you know if you don't tell anybody about it they might not buy the book so uh, that that's that bit but I think it's um it's other reasons for writing a book often for people like myself for example mm. you know so perhaps it's a bit of profile perhaps a bit of authority perhaps it's a bit of a um, you know access to other types of income opportunity perhaps it's partnership opportunities um I would say that the royalties um are a very small part of the um ecosystem that can come out of um publishing a book um and there's the authority you know it's like a giant calling card business card whatever you call it um you know people think oh you wrote a book so you must be some sort of you know off in or you must know what you're talking about like well mm, some of them um, we can get onto that because because it is there is a low barrier to entry in terms of self-publishing um, that actually there's a bunch of trash out there as well. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there, there is. There's no two ways about it. I think, you know, people badmouth um, the Amazon uh, self-publishing platform. Um, but, it, you know, there's good stuff on there as well. Uh, it's not all bad. And it has, without a doubt, totally democratised publishing. So even, you know, normal people can now publish a book. But yet there is still an inherent respect for many people um, about writing a book and someone having written a book. That remains. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, education, you know, so you go for education, you get certificates at the end of it, whichever level you're doing. And it's not, it's rare in a way that you kind of directly applying what you learn in your everyday life or work. I mean, some some qualifications are very vocational, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, a lot of them, they, they're kind of just a um, proof of a certain standard of, you know, learning or brain power or application. 
And 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 a book is it like that in a way. You know, it's like, well, okay, if you've you know gone about and set about writing and publishing this book, then it it, it says the same thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually mean you can do what's in the book. You know, what you know, a bit like a, an A level certificate or whatever doesn't tell you that you can do whatever it is um, that you've got the certificate in. So I think it's that part. But I think it's um, it's, it shows a great discipline Mm -hmm, um, because it needs needs a lot of discipline. Um, You know, and that's one of the things that um, I did differently this time, for example, with this book. I eventually pulled my finger out and I think it was every weekend, come what may, for about six months, Mm. I actually sat down and did something for a couple of hours of morning Saturdays and most Saturdays and Sundays for about six months. Yeah, um, and it was without doing that, you know, the alternative that I used to default to would be to go and lock myself away for a week <laughs> and yeah. try and you know bash it out, sort of thing. And um, that's what I did for the that's what I did for the first book, Property Investor Toolkit. I actually literally took myself off for a, a weekend break, a long weekend, and I had the raw material for that for that book at the time. But I knocked it into a book. It was quite a short form book, um, mm-hmm. that first one. Um, but it was like three or four days. Um, and I was I was brain dead literally at the end of it. <laughs> That's how I wrote Property Investor Toolkit. Um, mm-hmm. PropTech was done a bit, hashtag PropTech to give it a proper title, was written very differently. Um, and I had some contributions to that to help. And the this book... Um, complete guide to property finance was again i i had some other contributions to it but i i still had the personal discipline you know for that period of time so that counts for something and anyone who's written a book should know that um and and if you've read a book it really makes me um i'm diving into sort of reviews a little bit here because one of the ways to sift is through reviews yeah obviously you need to be a little bit careful with some of these uh reviews but um, so if there's like a lot of reviews and they're good reviews and they seem to be genuine and, you know, specific and detailed, then maybe you can put a bit of, you know, um, comfort into that. Mm-hmm. But um, I do, it does sometimes surprise me when people go, uh, well, you know, I, I, I normally have very good reviews, but mm. just which ones I focus on. Um, <laughs> so I had one review, some, one reviewer one time say, well, it's a really short, this prop tech, uh, not prop tech, uh, Property Investor Toolkit. Mm-hmm. It's a really short book, and you know, I'm not sure. You know, I pay this this money for it. Some of the, I don't know. They just, it was just like a bit of a moan. I was like, well, you paid like I think three quid, cup yeah. of coffee, <laughs> and um, you've got all this information. I think there was a few broken links or something in the version, mm. but I actually give away the uh, <clears throat> you know people as a book bonus. People can write in and go and get the up to date version. Yeah. So. It's all up to that. Anyway, so people are fickle. But anyway, I'm drifting because... Well, I was was thinking, because you mentioned the other two books there, Richard, I wanted to ask you what, you know, so you're you're a third-time author now. What have you learnt along the way? What If you had to give, you know, top three tips to Mm -hmm. aspiring authors, what would you say they were? Yeah, oh, I, I didn't think about top three tips before you before I came here. But um, so I think some of it we've kind of been speaking about. So what is what's the what's the purpose? What's the point um, you're aiming at? So why do you want to write a book, and what do you want to get out of it? And you know, who do you want to you know do you want somebody to do something as a result of you know reading your book? 
So I think really, really be clear on that. And you kind of made that point really well earlier, you know, beginning with the end in mind, the marketing, the audience, and, you know, is it book royalties or is it, you know, upsell product or is it authority and speaking engagements or, you know, what is the, out, what is the outcome? Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you trying to reach? What do you want them to do as a result of reaching them? Because by the way, you don't know who's bought your book. Usually, if you, especially if you're distributing it through a third party, you don't know who's bought it. So anyway, um, so you can, if you want them to connect with you, you need to find a way for them to do that. So bonuses. Book bonuses is a good way to do that. Yeah. So all of my books have book bonuses. So that's probably one thing. I think a second thing is um, probably about what I've just outlined is about kind of the the process um, of of the writing process. And I think I've always kidded myself, really, that I need to lock myself away and do it in, in blasts and stuff like that. But it's not really an effective way to write. So, um, I did do that in the past, but I think it was better doing it bit by bit and regularly, which kind of brings me on to, it's funny enough, I had a, an exchange with somebody else who's thinking of writing a book. Mm. And I said, you know, you're talking about goals. Because we talked earlier about three, it was on my goals list for three years. Yeah. Now, it was a goal to publish, write and publish this book for the last three years running, including this year. But it didn't happen. So, but that was what I call an outcome goal. Well, not just me. A lot of people would call it an outcome goal to publish the book. That would be the outcome. But it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't address the process. It doesn't address the writing process and all the other seven people that you talked about um, who get involved. So you also need process goals. So you need an outcome goal and a process goal. And I think what made the difference this year was to have the process goals. So a process goal would be, I'm going to sit down and write every Saturday and Sunday morning for at least two hours. Yeah. Um, so that would be a process goal. So th- I, it didn't necessarily say when the book would be finished, but just by committing that time, by definition, I'm moving along at micro, you know, steps. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, here we are talking about the book being complete. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, but in, in the last two years, I didn't have those process steps in place. No, it's it's funny. I always recommend to clients that they schedule time in for writing and they stick to it. It needs to, you know, the, the danger is, and it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, you get you want to get up early, an hour early, twice a week to work on this book, or it's a Saturday, every Saturday morning. What whatever it is, whatever time slot works for you, schedule it in and stick to it. Don't let it be, um, you know, uh, swept away by a, a meeting or whatever. You, you just need to keep that discipline and keep that time set aside for writing. Otherwise, it will just fall off the bottom of the old to-do list. Yeah, sorry. And I guess the third one um, of my top tips would probably be, well, I think recognise, you said seven. I think it's actually more. Um more than seven, there's at least seven different roles or functions mm-hmm. in, um, you know, especially professionally or um, publishing a book, even if it's self-publishing. Um, so I call what you do hybrid self-publishing because you facilitate all the extra bits around the edges. So self-publishing means self, but, you know, you can have help. And I think for me it was to recognise the value and the contribution of those extra roles and uh, resources I 
I can't proofread my own stuff. Um, <laughs> and if I did, it would, you know, other people would would laugh. Um, you know, in fact, they you've had a laugh, you know, like too many ellipses, for example, has become my, uh, um, it's become a, a comical um, response. I like to use ellipses, but maybe the reader gets a bit fed up of ellipses. <laughs> um, so proofreading, you know, do that properly. You and I had a long conversation about indexing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you just alluded to earlier about um, non-fiction books, because my this book here, it's a long book for a start, mm-hmm. but it, it's what I call a readable reference guide. Yeah. And so um, you you could, I mean, I'm trying to count now, there's about uh, 16 content chapters of the actual strategies mm-hmm. and 300 odd pages and 54 and counting individual strategies in the book. And like, well, what was this one about bonds? He talked about something about bonds. Where the heck is that one? So exactly. and it's in the index, you know. So that was the conversation we had. And I uh, yeah, had the, well, we, we engaged a professional indexer. Mm-hmm. And it's those things. And then there's the cover design. And then there's the, there is the marketing. And, you know, all of those different components. And just recognize I can't do all of that. Yes. Well, I, I possibly I can because I did it in the first book, mm. but it wasn't necessarily the best. <laughs> and and even if it was good, it was good enough. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Was that the best use of my time? Um, mm. And you know, did I capitalize on all of the different opportunities that those things can bring about? So, I think the hybrid model, where you bring in extra people around you who can professionalize your publication. And make it credible and stand out. And, you know, it's going to be hard for people to pick holes in it now because of that standard that's being put in there. I think that's the that's been the icing on the cake. So each one has got a little, each book has got more professional, if I can say that. And this last one being well, I say almost perfect, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was always our intention, mine and Catherine's was to enable self-publishing authors to publish a book that would sit very comfortably next to traditionally published books on the bookshelf, a book that authors could be proud of. Um, And, and, you know, you wouldn't be torturing yourself uh, about, um, you know, loads of glaring typos or, I don't know, slightly dodgily designed cover or whatever it might be. I've read books like that. I've read books. And, you you know, you've read read books like that. And what's your reaction? What is the reaction that you have? I was was reading one the other day. I was like, you've just repeated the word twice in the same sentence. It's just annoying. And you're no longer focused on the actual content. You're focused on how annoyed you are that they put two words in and nobody picked it up. Put two of the words the same. Um, I hope there's not two words the same in my book now. But then... (laughs) Well, that's the thing. That's what you know. An editor uh, will will look at that kind of thing. So they're looking for uh, things like repetition. They're looking for the flow of the story because no matter whether it's a fiction or non-fiction book, there's all there's still a, you're telling a story. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's loads of things uh, that they do. Consistency of language. Have you referred to something using the same term consistently, or have you? thrown in some other term alter you know alternate term but the reader won't necessarily know what that means those are all things that editors uh editors look at but yeah I agree with you and 
the thing is, if you've got the repetition and glaring typos and a slightly dodgy cover, that's going to be around for quite a long time. That's it. You know, and, you know, especially in the digital world, you know, it lives on forever almost, doesn't it? So um, that's your, that is your um, kind of CV. It's part of your pro- public profile. So you, you probably do want to get it right. So I think I think that was, um, it was good to, you know, cost some money to do that. And I, I put out there recently that I, I actually said how much I spent on a proofreader. And someone says, how much? And I was like, well, it, it, there's a lot of work that goes into proofreading. And in fact, I believe the proofreader commented on the LinkedIn post today that she read the book three times, you know, cover to cover, yeah. um, possibly more if you probably looked at different uh, iterations. But, you know, so you've got to read it through that many times. You've got to make the corrections um, and, you know, take on board the feedback from the author and, and the editor and everybody else. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you can't get that cheap um quality and you know price so that was uh, worth it and the index as well which is a bugger of a job (laughs) Uh, it's like like my worst nightmare i think (laughs) (laughs) well apart from proofreading that is i don't know i think indexing has got to be worse worse than proofreading um because you have to go and find the reference and then cross-reference it everywhere you know yeah it gives me a headache just thinking about it yeah, so the, the, somebody loves that sort of work and, you know, they're really good at it and and hopefully we've got a really nice index. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's artwork. There's artwork that goes in the middle, uh, in the content. There's artwork on the cover or uh, cover uh, design. So that, you know, I can't draw for Toffee. So <laughs> you know, that, that you know, had to had, had to bring people in. So Mafalda, for example, who is a uh, studying design at university and found her on the paper round website which is a gigging site for students so mm. she um mafalda casanova um what name that's amazing well, i'm sure it's a real name you know. <laughs> um, anyway so there's all that so there are similar lessons but i tell you what let me flip the tables a little bit and this may be a bit unfair because a it's not your book <laughs> and b i didn't tell you that i was going to ask you this question and give you the chance to prepare Oh, but let's yeah, just see how this goes. So uh, let's start a little easier. There's like three main sections. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So uh, what was your, what was the section that caught your attention the most, would you say? Ooh. Hopefully you can remember the three main sections. <laughs> yeah, I'll help you along. I'll help can. you along if you want. No, I, I mean, so I, I, I consider myself fairly knowledgeable about property investment um in theoretical terms at least um i but the book blew my mind well the thing that blew my mind was using different strategies together Mm. in ways that i had never considered but also just the kind of um, like, like bonds and stuff that was a completely new world for me. Never yeah. considered that such like things could be used to, you know, for, for property investment finance. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I knew about things like rent to rent. Um, but yeah, some of, I, yeah. So it's really hard to say. There's most of the traditional finance stuff I knew about, 
yeah, so that was just to, just to put it, traditional institutional financing was the first mm. section, which is what most people do know about, buy to yeah. mortgage and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then the next two sections, one was alternative financing and the other one was creative finance or financing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so... Um, I think you know, the, the the creative financing solutions are... and But I think, as I said, it's the layering of different strategies, which is, you know, the possibilities yeah. are incredible. And it hadn't even, yeah, there were loads of things in there that had just never occurred to me. So um, I think my feeling was when I read the book, um, so before, before I read it, I kind of assumed it was for novice property investors. Having read it, I now think that, you know, even more experienced property investors will also get a lot from it. And that was a surprise. Yeah. And I'm yeah. very impressed. Oh, well, thank you. But um, I think, you know, that was some of the, one of the objectives. There was something for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, the first section on institutional financing would be where maybe the novices would feel most at home. Mm-hmm. You know. What's a buy-to-let mortgage? What do I need to know about it? You know, what's bridging finance? What's development finance? Development finance already starts to take you into different, uh, more complex property strategies, but it's more commonly available, let's say that, than um, some of the other ones we get into uh, later. But the alternative one, alternative basically means it's it's usually from an alternative source. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's something you might not have thought of. could be banking mum and dad. Um, It could be a peer-to-peer lender. Um, but it, it's still financing. It's just come from a, a, a different place. So, so the first bit's like traditional, you know, marketplaces and banks and lenders, you know, lenders you can find often on the high street. And then the alternative is like, well, it's still kind of finance in the same sort of way, but often from different types of sources. That was the, um, the point of the alternative financing section, which I noticed has got most chapters. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the the third section was the creative financing strategies. And my definition of the creative is that it's it mimics finance, you know. So it uses contractual structures in the most part to mimic the effects of financing. You said rent to rent earlier, so rent to rent's a good example of that. Where there's no financing actually in rent to rent. People go, why is that in there? Well, because you're using a contractual structure, which is a sublease agreement or something similar to control that property for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So you're still getting in, you know, the financial benefit over an extended period of time, which for me is still part of the definition of financing. So, um, and you can, you can layer different types of financing together, but here's an interesting thing. You can matrix different types of financing strategy to explode your portfolio. So you could have a bit of rent to rent, you know, going on as well as some buy to let, for example. And so that, you know, and you don't need to, you don't need a lot of money to do a bit of rent to rent. You need more money usually in deposits on buy to let, for example. So you can layer these different um, ideas together, as you say, but you can also matrix them. So you could actually explode your portfolio growth. And, And so, yes, I think the objective would be to take people on a journey. Yes. Um, and some people are further down that journey already. Um, I, I'm, I nearly put out a challenge. I'm sure I would 
I'm sure there will be somebody. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm sure there will be somebody, but the, the challenge is going to be something like, I bet there's something in there you didn't know of directly. Um, with 54 <laughs> uh, different finance strategies, I bet there's at least one you never really thought of. You might have known. If I say, for example, grants, people, well, of course I know about grants. Mm. You, know, you know, people know about grants, but how could you use them in your financing, you know, property financing uh, business specifically? Mm. So, you know, it's like the application or the uh, crossover. I'm getting excited now because I'm talking, I'm getting excited about what the book does and yes. um, <laughs> how it conveys that. But there we go. So, you, so the the bonds one so that's interesting so chapter nine there you go chapter, chapter nine, nine is yeah. bonds shares and mezzanine finance yeah. so i one of the guys who loosely proofread that he actually wrote back to me and he said my mind is blown <laughs> yeah i must admit it's one of the most complex chapters um and i even put a little warning at the top of the chapter saying feel free to come back to this one later <laughs> um, because it's it is complex and it's not for everyone. And, you know, for example, you, you couldn't launch a property bond just like that. You know, we might need right. regulating. You might need to have a high volume of business. You might need to be a big time developer. Mm-hmm. So if you're just starting out, scraping down the back of the sofa to raise your deposit, maybe that chapter is not directly relevant um, today. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, if you are further advanced in your, in your journey, you think, well, what's the next stage for me? Well, that might be it. Yes. Anyway, so I was, you know, trying to get you to pick out some individual ones. You kind of mentioned a few there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I tell you what, I um, to answer the question my, myself because you know, <laughs> what I like is that you know, there is something for everyone. So, for example, if you are the novice and you're thinking about property um, investing or developing or whatever, um, <clears throat> there's a few ways in which it, the book outlines how you could get going. You know, with very little. Um, so it's either very little cash, which some of the creative financing strategies could help with, but it's also how to raise some of that cash, you know. So, you know, you could have a lodger if you've got your own home. You could have a gifted deposit from a family member. You could use the ISIS with, you know, government help for, you know, to top it up. So, uh, there's a, you know, you could actually have a rummage around in your garage where you loft and find some stuff and sell it to help, yes. you know, contribute. So there was stuff there for people like that. And um, a lot of people in the middle who have probably plateaued or um, are, are finding it difficult to keep going. And and then obviously somebody, I consider myself a little bit more advanced, you know, that I was still learning stuff when I was researching and writing the book too. Yeah, that's it. I think there are just, there really is something for everyone. And there are so many strategies, as you say, 54 and counting. Um, <laughs> But there, there really, there is bound to be something that you probably haven't thought of. Oh, oh, Helen, between you and me, I've already thought of what I haven't thought <laughs> of. And there's a couple of, you know, there was one I managed to get slipped in just before it went to print. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> get that in there. And then there's a couple I've, well, it's kind of one that could split into two, which is like, oh, gosh, it's not in the book. But here, here goes that the book bonuses can capture all that stuff. So that's it. Hashtag book bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So um, let's do. Let's think about sort of wrap up and next steps and you know whatever about what we can do here. So from your perspective, because 
Um, so I'm thinking as a as an author who's published a book, mm-hmm. and you're probably coming at it from a facilitator, you know, who helps people to get to that place. So we, we, we've got a common uh, view and objective, but we're coming from slightly different perspectives. So mm. what, you know, how, how do you help people and, and how, you know, what are you doing at the moment to do that? And uh, how can people, you know, take advantage of that? So I guess um, you know what what I offer is I help people to get um, the knowledge that's in their head out into a book and into the world. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, you know a, a very simple but absolutely accurate um, explanation. So um, you know I can help people to write their book. I can coach people. Um, to whether you know they write their book but I support give them support and accountability I can edit people's books um if they've already got a manuscript there's there's lots of different ways but I it's it's that writing helping them to get that book written that's my part of the process and then um you know Catherine takes care of the design and production in the business boundary so I'm actually um I'm going to give you a link to the BizBook Foundry website. Uh, mm-hmm. for... What is it? Just say what is it? What is the website? Just say just so we know. It's bizbookfoundry.com. So it's b i z one z bookfoundry.com. Okay. Um, and uh, so people can check us out there and and um, find out a bit more about what we do. And I'm also running an in person hopefully but could be virtual if if social distanced yeah (laughs) um i'm running this in-person workshop somewhere near milton Keynes, um so very central in the uk on saturday the 15th of january 9 till 1 p.m and the idea is to help people to get ready to write their book so we'll be looking at all those things like who's it for um, you know, what are your personal professional goals? And the outcome should be a draft table of contents at the end of that session. So if anyone's been thinking, yeah, I really want to write a book, but I'm just stuck and I don't know where to start, they could consider coming along to that. Also, I have a brilliant, if I do say so myself, document called I Just Don't Know Where to Start, funnily enough. And, <laughs> um, I'll give you the link to that. That's a bit more tricky. I can't just reel that link off. But um, if your listeners want to download that, it's just a PDF a PDF document. Um, then that would be a, a great um, you know, free way to get started on that journey to being an author. Yeah, and I think you know it can make the difference. I was talking to someone who will remain nameless, mm. who told me earlier today they've got three part written books. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's not much use, is it? <laughs> but imagine the uh, effort that's gone into writing three books, partly for a start, but not actually finishing them and getting them out there. And so I think, and then there's other, you know, my, my own father, for example, uh, he, he always said he had a book in him, but he never got it out of him before he passed away. You know, and you know, kind of chokes me up every time I think about that. But it was part of the motivation for me to write. It took me thirty years to keep to write my first book because I, I I had two goals when I was eighteen. I was it wants to run my own business, mm-hmm. 
And the other one was to write a book. I don't think I knew that. Didn't wow. you? Wow, no. <laughs> well, I didn't run my own business till I was 30. <laughs> it, took, it took a while to get that one done. And then I was, I was, you know, whatever I was. Well, 30 years, there you go. That kind of puts it in perspective. It was 30 years to write the book. Um, so I, that's a long time. <laughs> and I think, you know, working with someone like you, you can basically help drive that um, process. You can talk about how to do it. You can be the accountable person, the mean, nasty one that says, what have you done this week and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and help just, well, if you've got the content for three books, partly, but none of them fully, then, you know, reorganise, reprioritise that sort of thing. Absolutely. And, and that, that we, we get that all the time. So in fact, we me and Catherine recently launched what we call the over the line service for exactly yeah. those people who, you know, they're, they're so nearly there, but they've, you know, ground to a halt. And, and that this is this is it. There's so many people out there with not just one, but multiple unfinished books. Well, let's get one finished. Yeah. I mean, it's the last mile type yes. of thinking, you know. But I think going back to what we said earlier, the different disciplines that go into it can be overwhelming. Um, you know, so anyway, reach out to Helen for uh, details about the live event, details about services and the PDF that she talks about, which will drop a link in the show notes because it's going to be one of those complicated ones. I think. It is, yeah. And then from my point of view, uh, basically 21st December onwards, um, official launch of the Complete Guide to Property Finance. Um, I know it's $1.99 uh, launch offer on Amazon Kindle. Um, it's that, that won't be that price forever, I can assure you. And um, will be available in paperback as well. Somebody asked me the question about audiobook. Mm-hmm. And you probably know because you've seen the book, it's going to be blooming difficult to put into an audiobook because it's mm-hmm. got a lot of tables and figures and stuff like that. But what I am thinking about is an is either an abridged version or even a mini podcast series mm-hmm. um, specifically around the book. So anyway, I haven't, haven't finalised that yet, but I'm a bit exhausted right now. So I think I'm just want to get the book out. Um, there's 50-odd strategies in there. There's 16 chapters. There's three main sections. Mm-hmm. I believe there's something for everyone. I've got a nice little twist called Pay It Forward. Um, so if you buy a copy of the book, dear listener, and um, decide to gift your copy, which is probably easier done as a paperback, why don't you talk about six people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you gift your copy of your book to someone else, I will replace it with, uh, admittedly, a PDF version, a digital copy, but then at least you both get the, the book. So um, that's sort of a pay-it-forward pay it initiative. Really? And I'll t- tell you what, Helen, just, just because, right? You know that I was pointing out these cheat sheets I've got. Yes. Uh, you can see on the screen. Right now. You've got you can see them on the screen, which um nobody else can see, but whatever. So that's got the, the 54 um current um property financing strategies and techniques, along with a, a snapshot summary of what they are. So it's a it's a cheat sheet. Um it's just writing, but writing basically, and I'll I'll just give you a copy of that. Um and um, so that's a bit of a giveaway. Just reach out podcast at propertyvoice.net for that. But is there anything else you want to cover off today, Helen? Yes, there's one thing. Oh. And that is, if anyone is thinking that a book about property investment finance might be dull, can I just say, not on Richard's watch. 
<laughs> so uh, you can expect uh, you know an approachable and engaging read and there are some yeah there are some complex strategies in there but you know I, I, I'm very easily bored and I really enjoyed reading the book so it's a really important part of property investment get in there get a copy you won't regret it Oh, that's really kind of you to say that. Thank you so much. Um, that was the uh, the aim. <laughs> How do you write a book on property finance without it being, you know, dollars ditch water? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it. Well, hopefully, we we've it. Got well, I hope so. Let the reader decide. <laughs> so, thanks for that. So, Helen and um, Catherine, obviously, thank you so much, and the wider team at the Bizbook Foundry. Uh, I believe I might be one of the first people through the foundry. Um, so you are, you are indeed fully through that is yes um, for end to end but um, I think there's a bunch of other people quickly following suit but um, reach out to Helen uh, if you'd like to hear more about that and how she could help you get unstuck or you know get you through that process but otherwise rush out get them up leave a review we'd love to hear um, your views on the book and whether you believe what Helen said that it is an interesting book on property finance. <laughs> cool. All right, let's wrap it up. So um, I'll do my official outro. So Helen, thanks very much for joining me again. Um, the links that Helen mentioned are going to be in the show notes. You can find the show notes over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. You can reach out to me, podcast at propertyvoice.net to talk about anything from today's show. Get an intro to Helen. Get a, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in her direction, but then we'll put the links to Helen's stuff in the show notes as well. Um, it's going to be the last time I do this outro for a while because I'm going to take a break from the podcast. So I think I mentioned with the uh, podcast episode I had with Shiggy, uh, podcast producer, where there's going to be content that is shared on the podcast, but not necessarily me doing this each week. So I'm going to take a bit of a break. I'm going to relax a bit. I'm going to come back with a slightly different style and format. Um, So I guess all that remains to say right now is have a fantastic festive break. I wish you all the best for 2022, everybody. If you want to write a book uh, in 2022, if you want to make that a goal, you can't. This episode is hopefully helpful for you. And um, yeah, thanks very much for listening once again this week on the Property Voice Podcast. And until next time, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice Podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.